from St. Louis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the Air. You know, a lot of physicians uh, really want uh, some chronic pain patients and others uh, to be able to try medical cannabis instead of opioids, but they don't necessarily want you smoking it all the time for certain mm-hmm. ailments, right? So it's really important that we have those wide array of edibles, vapors, uh, tinctures, and others. Brendan, this sounds like something where, as you were describing the mission of the Cola Lounge, if people have never tried any of these things, they're not sure what's right for them. It sounds like that might be an educational experience right there that that would meet their needs. Yes, definitely. And we not only are all of our uh, volunteers uh, trained in how to help people uh, through first-time enjoyable experiences, um, but we also work with patient consultants as they're learning Uh, the profile and the formula of how cannabis works the best for them. I'm Sarah Fenske. Missouri's medical marijuana program recently hit a milestone. It cleared 100,000 state residents to use cannabis legally. It notched that number in less than six months. And those users aren't just in name only. The state is about to reach $40 million cumulatively in sales. 92 dispensaries are now approved to operate. Another 100 are on the way. And here to discuss the latest is Jack Cardetti. He is a spokesman for the Missouri Medical Cannabis Trade Association. Jack, welcome back. Yeah, thanks for having me on again, Sarah. And we're also joined by Brennan England. He is the head of the Missouri chapter of Minorities for Medical Marijuana. He also founded the Cola Lounge. That's the state's first cannabis consumption lounge and the St. Louis Cannabis Club. So Brennan, welcome. Yes, thanks for having me. Jack, let's start with you. Can you put these numbers in context for us? Are we in fact seeing the promised green rush here in Missouri? Yeah, I, th- I think it's really uh, exciting news in the state of Missouri. Like you said, 102,000 Missourians now have their medical marijuana card. We just uh, have broken a weekly sales record not too long ago with $3.3 million a- a- of marijuana sold in the state of Missouri. Uh, but you know, but first and foremost, this is about helping patients. So we now have 102,000 patients that can go a- and have access to a dispensary in their, na- in their community, not having to drive halfway across the state so they can access their medicine. At the same time, we know this is having a positive impact on the Missouri economy at a time when, frankly, we need it the most. So how does that level of participation, how does that compare to to choose a neighboring state to Illinois? Well, sure. When Illinois had a medical cannabis program, there were significantly fewer hmm. um, patients that had enrolled. Now, obviously, uh, Illinois is now an adult use program. But again, it is fairly hard to find a dispensary over in Illinois. There are less than 60 dispensaries operating throughout the entire state of Illinois, even though they're an adult use market and they have twice the population that Missouri has. So one of the things we're really proud about is that there's really good patient access here in Missouri. You're not going to have to drive halfway across the state because as we speak right now, there are 137 facilities that are approved to operate in the state of Missouri, cultivators, manufacturers, dispensaries, and there's even more coming online. Hmm. This is a lot of energy there. Brennan, how does it feel to you as a, as a cannabis entrepreneur here in Missouri? Are you feeling that energy? Yes, definitely. You know, we're feeling it. Uh, we're definitely feeling the buzz, uh, pun intended, <laughs> uh, with 
not only what's going on with the industry, but also how the culture, the existing culture is really gearing up for that. One of the things that we specialize with the St. Louis Cannabis Club is that it's a resource network it, connecting the existing cannabis uh, consumer, the existing cannabis culture uh, with the oncoming cannabis industry and vice versa. You know, one of the things with a lot of these brands is they're coming into a new market is that they underestimate um, how rich and nuanced cannabis culture is. Hmm. And that comes with, you know, morals and codes and a glossary of terms that you won't know unless you know. And uh, that's something that we uh, pride ourselves on being the stewards of um, here for Missouri in a safe and responsible and fun way is helping those uh, these brands, these dispensaries and cultivators uh, connect in a really authentic way uh, and in authentic places uh, with consumers. And so we're seeing that piece really effervesce. Uh, the other piece that is extremely important is our caregiver network um, mm -hmm. and our home cultivators that are growing at home on a craft level uh, directly for patients. Um, that's actually, a, that, that gives an even further extension of access than the dispensaries themselves uh, when we have registered licensed cultivators that are able to, to prop, uh, create proper, uh, excuse me, quality medicine uh, for patients and also teach them how to grow their own. Hmm. Um, so sort of take the some of the commercialization out of the aspect if people want to avoid that and, and they can make it more of, I, I've got just a couple plants here at home. Completely. And there are benefits to and, and dovetails to, to the uh, corporate and home cultivator market. And I think that the strongest brands are going to be the ones that uh, do that with grace. Hmm. Brandon, something else I wanted to make sure our, our listeners were up to speed on. Um, you're the founder of the Cola Lounge. This is the state's first cannabis consumption lounge. What does that mean? Is, is that like a bar for pot? Kind of. Um, it's a space where cannabis consumers can come and safely uh, and uh, enjoy uh, cannabis in whatever method they prefer to consume. You can smoke on site here. We're a private property uh, where you can bring your own cannabis. We don't sell cannabis. We are not a dispensary, hmm. uh, but we are. We focus on the uh, the pillars of education, wellness, entertainment, and economy. And we build those in the lounge here. So we have recreational space where you can do things like play games or play pool. Um, but we also integrate co-working features like being able to stream or cast up to our televisions uh, to project numbers for your business or show your show off your grow if you're a home cult cultivator to potential uh, patients. You know, so uh, and then we also have a kitchen. Uh, where our kitchen uh, becomes a, a large educational component because we teach people how to safely infuse and extract uh, to get the most out of their medicine at home. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the other huge components is that we have a bud bar uh, where we have everything from flour uh, to extract equipment to know how to smoke and know how to vape. And so um, we have a lot of seasoned vets that come up and just want to try out what they're used to using, but it becomes much more so an education space uh, where new users are able to onboard to these options of, you know, how to use a pipe, um, how to use electronic vaporizers so that you don't need a flame and you get controlled temperature. Uh, these are important things for people to have uh, enjoyable first-time experiences and for some people um, how they're going to get the most out of their medicine. For the most at-need patients, they need to know how to get the most out of their medicine and we're here to show them how to do that. Hmm. 
Well, if you have participated in Missouri's medical marijuana program, we're curious to hear from you. We're going to open up those phone lines. We want to know how it went for you. And if you're interested in it, but you haven't yet participated, we're curious to hear what's held you back. Call us at 314-382-8255. That's 382-TALK. You can also send us a tweet at STL on air, or you can email us at talk at STLPR. Org. Um, and Jack, I wanted to follow up on something. Um, last time you were here on the show, this was a few months ago, at that point, edibles were still kind of a promise. They were something that you were hoping would come, would become available soon for Missouri patients. Has that changed? Yeah, it really has. We've seen a lot of that over the last two months. And I think that's one of the reasons you're seeing sales increase, but you're also seeing more people go out and get their medical medical cannabis card here in Missouri. You know, this is a crop, so it has to be grown. Everything has to come from the cultivation. And so the first thing on the shelf here in Missouri was flour, Mm -hmm. regular smokable uh, medical cannabis. Um, But then what we've seen so far and what we'll continue to see is then other delivery mechanisms, right? So edibles, tinctures, vapes, uh, and others, and concentrates. And so you now can walk into your local dispensary and find a wider array of, uh, of products, but two months from now, there'll be even more even more selection, uh, better prices, uh, and more of those delivery mechanisms. You know, a lot of physicians uh, really want uh, some chronic pain patients and others mm-hmm. uh, to be able to try medical cannabis instead of opioids, but they don't necessarily want you smoking it all the time for certain mm-hmm. ailments. Right, ever so it's really important that we have those wide array of edibles, vapors, uh, tinctures, and others that are available to our Missouri patients. And Brendan, this sounds like something where, as you were describing the mission of the Cola Lounge, if people have never tried any of these things, they're not sure what's right for them. It sounds like that might be an educational experience right there that that would meet their needs. Yes, definitely. And we not only are all of our uh, volunteers. Uh, trained in how to give people help people uh, through first enjoy or first time enjoyable experiences um, but we also work with patient consultants that will uh, work directly long term uh, with patients as they're uh, as they're learning uh, the profile and the formula of how cannabis works the best for them as a medicine uh, one of the biggest things too that when we're talking about edibles um, that is a that is a problem is a criticism I have of the edibles market is that the edibles market it comes out first swinging heavy with sugary treats mm. uh, which is a is contraindicated sometimes on paper contraindicated for our most at need patients let alone that sugar is an inflammatory no matter what you're healing from and so you know as as we're moving forward um, I think there's going to be more of a challenge and a pushback from the wellness and the medical community uh, for these uh, cultivator, or for, excuse me, for these processors um, to really step up their game and put out more than gummies and sodas first for our most at-need patients. And that's one of the things that we supplement here at the lounge is teaching people about uh, the, the breadth of how it goes boldly beyond the brownie with which you can, how you can consume your cannabis. Brennan, I, I appreciate you saying that because I feel very ignorant now. I've just always associated it with sweet things. Do these infusions work well with things that might be more of a, a health type of food product? Oh, completely. You know, the, the, the flavor wheel of cannabis um, is as diverse as any other flavor wheel of tea or coffee or wine. Uh, but in it, and that goes into the spectrum of fruits to, to herbaceous notes and earthy notes, and it's just as sophisticated. Actually, STL NPR covered just last week 
uh, did a special on a um, on a, a culinary chef group that I work with that does private dinners and education dinners here um, on how to do. They did an entire uh, savory taco and uh, and uh, street corn meal, and it was delicious. And mm. so whenever we we move out of the cultural connotation of what the plant is and what it does, uh, and we move into really what it, all of the things it can do and the ways it fits naturally. Um, it, it's, it fits actually better with savory food hmm. than it does with sweet food. We do want to let people know that story if they're interested in reading more about that uh, that chef's uh, club that Brennan referred to. That's there on our website, stlpr.org. We'll also make sure to put that on our St. Louis on the Air Twitter for those who might be interested in, in getting up to speed with that initiative. Uh, and our guests today are Brennan England. He's the head of the Missouri Chapter of Minorities for Medical Marijuana. He also founded the Cola Lounge. That's the state's first cannabis consumption lounge. We're also joined by Jack Cardetti. He's a spokesman for the Missouri Medical Cannabis Trade Association. I'm going to go to the phone lines here. I uh, just want to remind you our phone lines are open. If you're interested in talking about your experience with Missouri's program, 314-382-8255. That's 382-TALK. Let's go to Blake, who's calling from St. Louis. Uh, Blake, hi. You're on St. Louis on the Air. Hey, how you doing? Good afternoon. Yeah, thanks for joining us. What has your experience been with this program? i tell you what. Uh, honestly, um, I actually I uh, got my medical marijuana card a year earlier, uh, way before COVID had ever hit, and uh, was just waiting around for the uh, the dispensaries to open. And finally, uh, when they opened, I had to renew my card. But uh, the experience has been pretty good. I mean, honestly, uh, and I've been up to the cold lounge. It's a wonderful place with wonderful atmosphere and wonderful people. Actually. Well, Blake, uh, thank you for that recommendation. Um, I'm Brennan. I'm sure that's that's great to hear. Blake loves the the atmosphere there. Oh yes, it is. And you know, we're really we're personal with our members. I know Blake. What's up, Blake? Thanks for thanks for calling in. <laughs> I appreciate you. Yeah, Blake. Thank you for that call. I want to go back to the phone lines. Ruthie is calling from Warren County. Uh, Ruthie, hi. You're on St. Louis on the air. Hi. Thank you. Love the topic today. Thank you. I'm, I'm curious to hear about your experience. Are you uh, registered as a patient in Missouri's program? Yes, I am. Both myself and my husband use medical marijuana, and it has it has helped conditions that I didn't even know I had. Hmm. So you feel healthier all around, not just with the, the individual things you'd sought it out for? Yes. Yes, we both do. Um, depending on the medicine that I choose, I can have uh, more focus more ac- and, and be able to participate in more activities, and it makes me a more active person. Hmm. And then there's a, a type of cannabis that when we need to sleep, it can help us with that. And I have lots of friends that have used it, insomnia, a huge deal. Ruthie, thank you for that. And Brennan, I think that's a, a good point to, to mention here for people who might not be familiar with cannabis. There are different strands for different needs. Uh, that, again, I assume that's something you're helping consumers with. Yes, definitely. And it's nuanced because, you know, it's not cookie cutter. You know, depending on what someone's starting places in their healing journey uh, completely de- determines where they need to spoke out from there. Uh, for instance, me, I personally um, suffer from hyperactivity disorders, uh, but I also have uh, severe gastrointestinal issues. Um, and so 
I have a dual need for cannabis, um, and it took it was a learning experience for me to know that because of my hyperactivity, I don't need the Ritalin of cannabis that speeds me up, mm-hmm. um, but I actually need very grounding uh, cannabis that helps keep me, uh, slows me down and keeps me more in my body, um, which also helps with my digestion. And so uh, that is the, the importance of every person taking um, on their healing journey from where their starting point is, uh, because everyone has their own needs with the plant. But like she's saying, that's part of the magic of this plant is that um, it has ways to help us in all of these different ways. Hmm. Well, we want to thank Ruthie for that question. Let's go back to the phone lines. Um, Alex is calling from Webster Groves. Uh, hi, Alex. You're on St. Louis on the Air. Uh, long-time listener, first-time caller. I'm just curious how Missouri employers are reacting to the medical and their abilities of drug testing people and, and firing or hiring people because of that. Alex, that's a great question, and I have a feeling we could probably spend an entire hour on our legal roundtable digging into that. But, Jack, I'm curious if you have a sense of whether that has been a problem um, for some of these patients, that employers are not ready, even if state voters were. You know, we, we haven't heard widespread issues with that. You know, there is a, generally a difference between a, um, you know, an employee showing up uh, on the work side, especially if they're, they're working with heavy equipment or something like that, being impaired, and, and a patient being able to, after they're, they're, they're done with work for the day, uh, to treat medical ailments, what we think is in the safest, most, you know, uh, safest, best way possible. And so I think as long as patient or employees kind of stick with that, um, they should be fine. It's not something that, that we really uh, had a ton of pushback on from employers throughout the state. Hmm. Well, that's good to hear at this point. Certainly, if that changes, that would be something we would attempt to cover on this show. So I appreciate that question, Alex, and we'll all kind of keep an eye on that. Let's go back to the phone lines. Jonathan is calling from Kirkwood. Uh, Jonathan, hi. You're on St. Louis on the Air. Hello. How are you today? Thanks for joining us. Uh, What's your uh, question about? My question is about uh, this little codicil in the law, and I I can't quote it, but I remember hearing about it, um, that being registered for medical marijuana uh, meant you couldn't own firearms or buy firearms. Hmm. That is not something I'm familiar with. Jack, is that uh, is there something in the law to that effect? Yeah. In, in the 1960s, the United States government passed a law that basically says you cannot use illegal um, drugs and, and have a, a firearm. Now, of course, there are 40 states almost where, where some form of cannabis is legal now, but it is still illegal on the federal level. Um, And so where this really comes into play, and and the ATF and others aren't aren't looking for this, but where this comes into play is you go to purchase a new firearm. You go to purchase a new firearm, they're going to ask you on that form whether or not you uh, use uh, a a federally illegal uh, substance, even if it's legal in the state of Missouri. And so that's where the problem comes in. Hmm. And if they're asking that, does that mean they would turn you down uh, for the, the firearm? Yeah, they could potentially do that. Okay. Yes. Uh, and again, that's not something, unfortunately, that we can really change at the state level or mm-hmm. something that could have been changed in the, the, the state constitution. We really need the federal government, like we do on several cannabis reform issues, uh, uh, to, to make changes here until the federal law is changed. Uh, there, that's going to be an issue, even though it's not heavily enforced right now. Yeah, and Jack, I don't want to open up a big can of worms in our final minutes here, but I understand that's a big part when it comes to the banking as well, that the feds are just way behind the state on this. Is, is that right? Yeah, and, and quite frankly, it, it is a huge problem in the industry, and, and it is, uh, it's also one of the reasons that, that we see 
um, quite frankly, a, a lack of diversity in the industry. You know, uh, it, we know that it, it, it is significantly statistically harder for people of color, including African-Americans, to start a small business. Um, yet when you're talking about an industry where you can't go down to a lo local bank and get a loan, you can't get an SBA loan, you can't get uh, federal grants or anything like that, uh, we know that that is, it really hurts the ability to have a broad, diverse, um, you know, uh, industry here in the state of Missouri. So the United States House of Representatives has passed what's called the Safe Banking Act, uh, and now it sits over with the U.S. Senate. We need them to pass that. It's going to help our members and operators. It's going to be good for consumers, uh, patients that aren't having to deal with cash and, uh, all the time, and we think it's going to lead to a more diverse uh, uh, industry. Brandon, in our final minute here, I know this is very important to you, and you really see activism at the heart of your interest in the medical cannabis industry. Would legalization and decriminalization moving forward also solve some of these problems? Not without expungement. If we're looking at, if we're not looking at equity as how we repair uh, centuries of systemic abuse and uh, societal stereotypes, uh, because it's not just about access. It's not just allowing bank access, which I, which I agree with Jack. That's important. Mm -hmm. It's a very important piece. But we're talking about centuries of uh, systemic abuse, not just on the cultural level, but on the psychological level, um, that there are entire communities of black people that are still completely uh, that uh, shy away from the idea of legal cannabis because of the stigma that's been put in culturally of the danger not the, the cannabis plant itself, but of the policing um, and, uh, you know, and the, the cultural connotations of not being able to get a job. You know, um, and and you know, Brennan, like unfortunately, we are out of time on this today, but that you're right, that's such an important issue and, and expungement, I think, needs to be the next big thing that we talk about. So Brennan England, uh, head of the Missouri chapter of Minorities for Medical Marijuana, thank you for joining us today. Definitely. And Jack Cardetti, spokesman for the Missouri Medical Cannabis Trade Association, thank you. Thanks, Sarah. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thanks. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at ChooseWood.com.